Thanks so much for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and help you grow deeper in your faith. This morning, the title of, title of my message is, this is going to work. Can you check that for me, please, Alex? Is the good life and... Thank you. Um, yeah, a good title for the beginning of the year, don't you think? The Good Life. What's your life going to look like this year? What are you aiming for? Um, what's it going to be? And, you know, during our lives we can have all different kinds of um, thoughts about what our life is going to be like. Um, my husband said his goal during university was always to have a red Porsche and a view of Sydney Harbour. That was his goal all the way through university. Um, I'll talk to you about whether he got that later on, but that was, that was one of his goals. Was, that's what he wanted and that's, he was doing a marketing degree and he was all set. That's what he was going to have. For me, I can always remember walking to school with a, my best friend at around age 12 or 13 saying, I'm going to make a discovery. I want to discover something that's going to make a difference in the world, like a cure for cancer, or I thought it was going to be something scientific. I was like, that's what I want to do with my life. I want to make some big discovery that's going to help the world. And I didn't know God at that time, and, but that was, I, I really remember that. And I'm going to talk more about what God did with that later on. And what about you? What are your dreams? Have you had dreams? Can you remember ones from as a child? Have they changed? What's the good life look f like for you? Is it like a beautiful country valley like that or travelling with a camera? What does the good life look like for you? Well, Jesus had something to say about the good life. And he had something to say about it in quite a few places, but we're going to look at John chapter 10 this morning. Oh, sorry, I knew I forgot something. I was just going to recap about areas that maybe your dreams or goals have revolved around. Maybe your goals have revolved around family, and which I had that as well as making a discovery that changed the world. I always wanted kids, like I was very much committed to having that. And so that was part of my goals. And maybe that's, maybe your goals are all about your family. Maybe they're about your career or your profession. Um, there's one in there that looks a lot like Stu the Chef, I think. And, yeah, so maybe it's got something to do with that, heading out to Hay to teach, who knows. And, well, maybe it's all about where you, where, you, where you live, the kind of house that you aspire to owning and having. Maybe that's part of your dreams and goals about the good life. Well, what does Jesus say? So, I love the Passion Translation for quite a few things, and I love this passage in the Passion Translation. So, John chapter 10, 7 to 10. So Jesus went over it again. I speak to you eternal truth. I am the gate for the flock. All those who broke in before me are thieves who came to steal, but the sheep never listened to them. I am the gateway. To enter through me is to experience life, freedom and satisfaction. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter and destroy, but I have come to give you everything in abundance more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. 
I am the good shepherd who lays down my life as a sacrifice for the sheep. And in more familiar translations, so in the New Living Translation, it comes, I've come to give you a rich and satisfying life. The NIV says, I have come to give you life and have it to the full. That's one that, I don't know about you, but that version is one that we hear a lot. I've come and, and I don't, did you ever wonder what life to the full actually was meant? Like, full of what? <laughs> I always wondered that. Um, the ESV, NASB, King James all say, I've come to give you life and have it abundantly, an abundant life. And I've, I've always struggled a little bit because in our world, abundance has a lot to do with things and money and like very physical things. But I don't actually know that Jesus is talking about that I've come to give you riches in that sense. Again, the passion says, but I have come to give you everything in abundance. More than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. And what actually got me started down this track was um, some study that I was doing this year. And don't you love it when you're doing academic study and they're touting things like, ta-da, ta-da, this is what we've found. And you're like, yeah, but that's been in the Bible for <laughs> thousands of years and you're just catching up and equating it. And so secular psychology is really branching into all things positive, so positive psychology and looking at it more to do with our strengths rather than our weaknesses and all those kinds of things. And um, they've been saying a lot lately about what the good life or the happy life looks like. So here's Mr Happy on the beach. Yeah, so I know I've got quite a few of you whose happy places on the beach and Mr Happy's looking like he's enjoying life. Well, there's a um, psychologist called Martin Seligman and he has defined the good life as a combination of these things. The first is the pleasant life. We're going to unpack these in a minute. The engaged life and the meaningful life. And that he would say that the happy life or the good life is about having all of those things in place. So what's the pleasant life? You can probably guess what the pleasant life is. The pleasant life is all about pleasure and having as many pleasures as possible. So that can be all kinds of things, can't it? But it, often it's very tangible things like food or um, good relationships or money or your leisure pursuits or holidays or all, all those kinds of things come under that, the, ple the pleasant life. The problem with a lot of things under the pleasant life is that they habituate. So in other words, they, you need more of that or whatever. So for example, I don't know, can you ever remember um, the first time you tasted a particular dish? So I happen to really like the uh, poached chicken salad at the shed at Westfield, Liverpool. The, it, ha it has all this, it has a, a berry compote in it, it has this amazing nut mixture through it, it has a bit of, um, yeah, all, it's nice, just the right mixture of salad. It's one of my favourite things and I go there every now and then and, and have it. But I find if I have it too often, 
I don't like it, like if I've had it, and in fact I'm almost at the point now where I'm a bit bored with it, so it's not doing it for me anymore, so I'm going to have to find somewhere else with a better salad or a different salad to that one because you get, it was fantastic the first time I had it, but not quite as good the second and the third. And that's what happens under the pleasant life. So it means that a lot of things, the enemy often comes in this area. Remember in the passage it said the enemy comes to kill and destroy? And he often traps us in this area of our life and causes us to often suffer from addictions. And let's face it, there's all kinds of addictions. I would have to say that one of my biggest struggles in life is sugar. I'm very still very much, and I, I feel like I'm on Groundhog Day or Groundhog Year because last year my main goal was my health. And I did really well for the first six months until lockdown came along. I managed to, I started to detox from sugar. I was losing weight. I was doing lots of exercise. My main exercise being swimming. And then lockdown came, couldn't swim anymore. Couldn't do all the stuff. And slowly but surely, I didn't put it all back on, but I put a fair bit of it back on. So now I'm back at square one. I started swimming again last week. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, here we go. Same goal as last year, because last year just kind of like disappeared, didn't it? <laughs> it's like it didn't exist. But the enemy can use it. So I'm still dealing with an addiction to sugar. But there's all kinds of things. But what did Jesus say? He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And he had been in the passage before that talking about food and clothes and the things that of day-to-day -day life that we need. He said that, you will have, and, and remember, if you combine that with he's going to give you life and life to the full, it's kind of taken for granted that God made a good world with good things in it and things for us to enjoy. And so he, he's not a killjoy. He wants us to enjoy the pleasant life. He wants us to have those things as a part of the good life. So the next thing that Martin Seligman talks about is the engaged life. And the engaged life is where you Work out what your, he calls them signature strengths. The Bible cook also talks about them being your gifts, your talents, gifts that God gives you, talents that he's innately given you by who you are and the experiences you had. And Martin says that if you, you find those and you work your work, your relationships, your play around those things, then you will get much more enjoyment from life by using your strengths and being engaged in life. And it's, he also talks about in this area you achieve something called flow. So do you know when you've been doing something and you suddenly go, oh, two hours is gone. I didn't realise I was doing this for two hours. And, and some of you might be lucky enough to have a job where two hours goes past and you go, oh, good. Or it might be a hobby you have or it just might be spending time with you know, your favourite person and you just the hours disappear because you're having a good time. That's part of what the engaged life is about, is having those things in place. And like, there's quite a few studies too that show that once you've, you're earning enough money to get out past poverty level where your needs are being met without having to struggle too hard, that anything past that doesn't actually add much to your enjoyment of life because the research shows that your life enjoyment comes much more through your relationships and those kinds of things than it does with actually how much money you have to spend once you've got the basics covered. 
So that's part of the engaged life, that you use, you've found out who you are and something of what you're about and you're being able to use it in your everyday life. And then there is the meaningful life. So the meaningful life is taking those signature strengths and using them in the service of something larger than yourself. And that that will give you lasting satisfaction and fulfilment. Where have we heard that? Doesn't that just describe the Christian, <laughs> the Christian life? It's like, did you really have to do lots of research? That's been like sitting there since the beginning of time, you know. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love the na- your neighbour as yourself, outside of yourself. The whole servant heart of Jesus. Jesus has always been about the others. He gave up his life for us. He calls us to give our life up. And... There is satisfaction and fulfilment in serving something larger than yourself. And when we're Christians, we're serving the largest thing possible, God. <laughs> There's nothing larger than God. And so as we serve him and use our strengths and the things that he's given us in the service of God, that's where satisfaction and fulfilment come. So, but doesn't it kind of help you to know that you know secular psychology is like, ticked all the boxes and said, yeah, the Bible's actually right. Not that you ever actually read that in too many places from them, but that's true. Because Jesus says, I am the gateway, and to enter through me is to experience life, freedom, and satisfaction. Jesus is the gateway. We're called Life Gate because we believe he's the gateway to life. We, believe, we say to live in freedom and to live with purpose, and that's what this is all about and it's what our church is all about. Is help, we want to help people, help you to know what it means to live with freedom and have purpose. And through purpose and those things then we're going to find fullness of life and satisfaction. So, what about my husband Craig? Well, at the end of university he gave his heart to the Lord and gave up on that dream and decided instead that he wanted to share Jesus with the world and went down the track of missions and we spent most of our married life overseas telling people about Jesus and just generally loving and helping people. And we were on our way, I can't remember which, because we were in airports a lot and I can't remember which time it was that we were leaving Australia, going back to wherever, but he was just kind of perusing around the place and he suddenly saw a Porsche sitting in one of the windows in the airport. I th- this is the closest thing I could get to a Porsche. I don't think it technically is, but anyway, red sports car. And he saw a Porsche and God said, go and buy it. So he went and bought it and he said, see, you always wanted a red Porsche. Now you've got one. And he was like, yeah, sure. And right in the news agent, there were postcards. So he bought a postcard of Sydney Harbour. I don't, I could, postcards aren't so common anymore, so I did, had trouble finding it. So I just printed a picture out because occasionally when he lost his postcard, he'd print a picture. But he used to keep on his, in his office somewhere a Porsche sitting in front of a view of Sydney Harbour. And God was like, see, you can have that. It's just in a different way than you imagined. And he, but it reminded him that this, this dream was actually nothing in compared to what he actually got to do with his life. 
that the satisfaction and joy that he had from that was way, way more. And um, yeah, maybe you've done that. It's the same for me. So I thought my great discovery was going to be in the world of science or somewhere along those lines. But do you know what? The biggest discovery I made was Jesus. Jesus changes the world way more than science or a cure for anything because Jesus is the cure for all diseases. In heaven, we are going to be free of all of them. We all will have full healing and resolution from all of that stuff. And he did gave, he gave me a message and a, a, something that changes the world. And so it's been my privilege and joy to be able to yeah, take that message lots of places and get to speak it to lots of people. And so maybe the dreams he's given you might look a bit different to what you first thought when you were younger or maybe that God's changed your heart. But if you look at it, he, those dreams, I think, I believe that he gives us even, at when we're, even before we know him sometimes, are seeds for things that he wants to do in our lives and I kind of look around this room and see people that I know that are doing amazing things with their lives and um, I see Rachel as a social worker touching people's lives I see Mark over here in his work but also in his passion for mission and what he's doing Jonathan heading out to Hay can't wait to hear about your experiences from that um, Lisa working with the young people all the different ones here I could say something about all of you because everybody sitting in this room is finding ways to have meaning and purpose and to live the good life. So the good life is all of it. God wants us to have pleasure. Pleasure is not a bad thing unless it becomes an addiction. And so, and if, if, if that's what life is all about. And the one thing I would say, though, is that I think the enemy wants to trap us in this area of life and get us fixated on that and worried about how much money and how many things we can buy and what we do with stuff and where we go on holidays and all of that. And that's where all advertising is targeted. Okay, All advertising is targeted at you in the pleasant life. And um, so we need to be a bit careful on that one. And we can also get stuck in the meaningful life where we only use the gifts and talents we have for ourselves and the people that we like or our families. We can get stuck in using those just to benefit us. But that's not what God wants. He wants us to move and get our joy and satisfaction from being involved in something bigger than ourselves, the meaningful life, using the gifts and the strengths that he's given us to serve others, to serve him. So, are you experiencing life to the full, abundant and overflowing? And can I say that some of that is perspective too. If we get trapped in the pleasant life, then life is only as good as the next, you know, nice meal we had or the next beach we got to go to or whatever it is. So, it becomes very much a feeling, emotional thing. Whereas joy is more linked to satisfaction and fulfilment. And I believe that's the kind of life that Jesus wants us to have. So my first, let me just, yeah. 
So are there things you need to do to surrender, to learn, to have this kind of life? So maybe he's been challenging you in some area. So the whole time I was preparing this message, for me it was all about the sugar addiction <laughs> that I know I've got to deal with this year. Um, because I'm privileged enough to be living well in the other areas. I just love that nearly all the things I get to do are to serve people and to serve the church and to serve others. So, yeah, the meaningful life gives me so much satisfaction. And I'm looking around this room and I, I, th I think you all here know and love Jesus, but you have to enter through the gate. So Jesus is the gate for the sheep. The sheep are us, okay? I don't know about you, some people don't like being <laughs> thought of as sheep, but they are cute and cuddly, so um, if not a bit stubborn and stupid, but um, we are the sheep. And Jesus says that when you enter the gateway, then you will have life to the full, life abundantly, satisfaction, freedom. And so I challenge you today that if you don't think you've actually given your heart to Jesus, you haven't actually walked through that gateway, then please talk to a leader today. Talk to somebody and make sure that you uh, have that, been through that gate so that you can have all the things that we've talked about today. Because as a church, we want you to live in freedom and to live with purpose and have a good, abundant, satisfying, purposeful life. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much that you sent Jesus to provide a gateway into eternity, a gateway into your family, a gateway into relationship with you. Thank you for sending Jesus to open that gate. And I pray, Lord, for everyone here that you would help us to walk through that gate day in, day out, moment by moment, that we would choose to follow Jesus. And thank you that you promise that as we follow you, as we walk through that gate, that you will give us life exceedingly more and abundant than we can even imagine. That you will bring freedom. You will bring purpose. You will bring satisfaction. And that we will have the joy and the privilege of seeing things happen outside of ourselves, in the, in the community, in the world around us that it's such a privilege to live with you and see you work through us to touch others, Lord. So we just commit ourselves to you this year, in 2022, with all the uncertainties, Lord, with all the unknowns of what the actual day-to-day -day life is going to look like. But one thing we know for sure is that when we walk with you, you will give us what we need. You will equip us to serve others and that joy is ours in you, regardless of what's happening with pandemics and economies and all those things, Lord. You are above them all. You do not change. And so we just, again, submit ourselves in to your purposes and your will, Lord. Thank you that we are in your hands, your loving, gracious, kind hands, Lord. So we commit ourselves to be your hands and feet this year. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name is Andrew, and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church, and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to support you, help you get connected, and find out how you can take your next steps. So why don't you head to lifegate.org.au slash online and we'd love to find out more about you and how we can serve you as a church. Thanks for checking out this message and we'll catch you soon.